Hello, Ketowanto. Welcome to RNZ Pacific Special Broadcast from Honiara Solomon Islands. We will follow now 80th anniversary commemorations blog for canal campaign. Me name is Koroi Hawkins. World War II commemoration services here in the Solomon Islands have come to a close. Delegates from the US, Australia, New Zealand and the former enemy Japan have come together to remember the suffering war veterans endured throughout the World War II Battle of Gorokanal, paying special tribute to the Solomon Scouts and Coast Watchers and their families. The final official event, a memorial service for the HMAS Canberra, has been held at the Rove Police Park in Honiara on Tuesday. Shortly after the event, an announcement was made as delegates prepared to depart. The New Zealand Air Force C-130 Hercules has broken down in Vanuatu, leaving the Defence Minister Peni Henare and his delegation of 30 and journalists, including myself, briefly stranded in the Solomon Islands capital, Honiara. Coming up, the borders in Solomon Islands may have opened, but tourism operators here say there is a long road to recovery ahead. It's been incredibly hard. We've managed to keep all of our staff on. They only worked a few days a week because, I mean, there was hardly anyone here. Also, the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, England, has wrapped up with six Pacific Island nations winning 13 medals, including one gold. It's quite hard for them to, you know, have, like, training and stuff because of the pool facilities. And Rarotonga Cook Islands residents are being urged to save water with a two- to three-month-long drought rolling through. There is insufficient water to last for about uh, two, three months. It's been a little over a month since borders reopened in Solomon Islands and the capital Honiara is a hive of activity. Major construction projects for the 2023 Pacific Games and road infrastructure have turned the eastern part of the capital into a dust bowl. But nestled in and around the city hub, the country's biggest hotels, the Heritage Park, the Mandana and the King Solomon Hotel all provide some respite for international travellers. But it's been a difficult two years without visitors. We were put up at the King Solomon Hotel for this trip, and I caught up with the hotel's Kiwi owner, Sue Kennedy. Kia Sue, and welcome on Pacific Waves. Let's start with how you and your family got involved in the hospitality industry in Solomon Islands. Sure, yeah. Well, my name is Susan Kennedy, and my husband and I, and my uh, Shane, my husband, and my daughter, Nayo, and my son, Seamus, purchased the King Solomon and Giza Hotels in 2002. And we're still here. Yeah, Shane passed away. My condolences. Thank you, Koroi. Yeah, we miss him dearly every day. Now, borders have just reopened. How hard is it coming through that two years, that pandemic? It's been incredibly hard. We've managed to keep all of our staff on. Um, You know, they only worked a few days a week because, I mean, there was hardly anyone here. Quarantine bookings were keeping us going. And then we did sort of keep the bars and restaurants open, but there was only a very small amount of people coming through. So it's been very tough on mm. everyone. Mm. And But, you know, we're still here. We're renovating and getting the hotel back up and running again. And we're looking forward to the future. Pacific Games next year. So we're thinking very positively about the whole thing. 
this is a more more a labour of love for you, isn't yeah. it? Oh, totally. Your, yeah. I mean, your kids are in this now. Like, maybe yeah. tell us a bit about the family. Yeah. Well, my son is up in Giza at the moment. He just loves it up there, and. Um, and that's daughter. where one of your other establishments is. Yeah, up yeah we have the hotel up there in Giso. And uh, my daughter is back in Brisbane. She does all the purchasing and marketing and everything for us. So we all work really well together. Like everyone else around the world, it's just been a huge, uh, what can I say, just we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, right at the very beginning. We didn't know it was going, we'd still be here. And only now the borders are reopening and you don't mm. need to quarantine. Yeah. So hopefully things will keep looking up yeah. for us all. Now, yours is a very different hotel to other hotels in Honiara. There's a leaf roof above us. There's cane chairs here. Tell us a little bit about the decor. There's carvings everywhere. We are culturally Melanesian, a Melanesian hotel. And it's all very open plan. Uh, we use sago palm for the leaf roofs, which we're getting replaced at the moment. A lot of our furniture has been made here in the Solomons uh, out of cane. And, yeah, we are island style. We have a great restaurant, we've got bars, nightclubs, coffee shops, all will be opening up again soon. And we have the most wonderful staff who have been with us for such a long time. They've hardly changed. Karoy, you would remember most of them. <laughs> yes, thank you for my first job out of school. <laughs> How all many th- years ago was that? Wow, 2007. That's oh. ages ago, yeah. yeah. But the other thing I wanted to point out and, and really stress is this is also one of the only hotels that any Solomon Islander can enter like the higher end you go in Solomon Islands there seems to be an exclusivity policy an un- invisible exclusivity policy as to what you can wear and how you attend a type of person that you need to look like to be able to enter establishments yeah we um, most of our staff have done APTC training which has been a wonderful thing for them and that but they've most all most all of them have come back to work for us again and um yeah, I mean, everyone's treated the same here. We're all, we try to do the best for the staff. You know, we have staff meals every day and, you know, they are the backbone of this country. Honestly, they're so hard working. I'm, I'm so proud of them for sticking by us through these hard times. Really, just incredible. Meanwhile, the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, England, has wrapped up with six Pacific Island nations winning 13 medals, including one gold. The gold medal earned by Samoan weightlifter Don Opelonge. Niue won its first ever Commonwealth medal with heavyweight boxer Duken Tutakitoa Williams getting bronze. All this as athletes powered through with limited training facilities, a lack of funding and COVID restriction grinding international competitions which usually provide a training ground for athletes to a halt. Our reporter Finau Funua has been covering the Games. Held every four years, it's considered by many to be the second most prestigious sporting event after the Olympics. This year's Commonwealth Games in Birmingham involved more than 5,000 athletes from 72 countries. This year's medal tally is lower for Pacific Island countries than previous Games. In the 2018 Commonwealth Games, nine Pacific Island countries won 17 medals, including five gold medals. This year, six Pacific Islands won 13 medals with only one gold. Fiji Association of Sports and National Olympic Committee CEO Lorraine Ma says although Pacific countries excel in certain sports, such as sevens rugby and weightlifting, other sports suffer from poor training facilities 
and a lack of international competition. We all face similar challenges. You know, our standard of facilities, the training environment for most of our athletes is not conducive to high performance. If you look at Rugby Sevens, the reason why Rugby Sevens does so well is because they get a lot of financial assistance. They have full-time physiotherapists, they have strength and conditioning staff, and they have regular international competition. The difference is a high-quality sports program, indicated by the fact that so many Pacific Islanders who win medals at the Games have either represented Australia or New Zealand. Tonga failed to win a single medal at the Games, yet four athletes of Tongan heritage won medals for New Zealand. Dubo Neufi, who won a gold medal for New Zealand in swimming, says training facilities in Tonga are limited, if not non-existent. It's quite hard for them to, you know, have like training and stuff because of the pool facilities. They don't really have that there. I was actually so inspired and felt they were kind of like teaching me something when they were talking to me about their swimming pools because they don't swim in the pool. They swim in the um, the ocean um, and they make their own name rope and, you know, they do their own trainings out in the ocean. And I was just so amazed because, you know, I can never imagine myself ocean swimming because I'm just terrified of swimming that far. Papua New Guinea managed to win one silver medal in the form of weightlifter Morea Baru. Chef de Mission Michael Henao says his sporting federation are satisfied with the result because of the obstacles their athletes faced in getting to the Games. Like I'm sure every single other athlete at these Commonwealth Games have, have come through such a difficult uh, period of time for all of humanity right, through COVID, especially in Papua New Guinea with, our, uh, with access to um, our training facilities and training centers. And I have to give credit to our Papua New Guinea Sports Foundation because they really have been the backbone. You know, the preparation, um, like I think most of the athletes in the Pacific Islands, um, you know, has taught us a lot of lessons where we can improve. Representing a country has been labeled the biggest achievement a sports person can achieve. For Team PNG, the Games offered the platform to provide much-needed national pride and inspiration to fans back home. Michael Henao says the team in Birmingham were determined to walk away with at least one medal to uplift Papua New Guineans who are currently enduring political upheaval and tribal violence following turbulent general elections. A total of 13 medals were won by Vanuatu, Papua New Guinea, Samoa, Fiji, Niue and Nauru. Rarotonga Cook Islands residents are being urged to save water. Water Authority for Rarotonga, Tautatovai, has issued out notices calling for community cooperation, including hotels and accommodation operators, to save water. RNZ Pacific reporter Susana Suisuiki has the latest. A plea for community cooperation in Rarotonga as the main island experiences a drought that is expected to last for a couple of months yet. The Cook Islands Meat Services Director Arunangari says little rain is forecast. There is insufficient water to last for about two, three months and, and people just to conserve water. The Meat Services put out an early action rainfall watch to indicate this deficiency in rainfall with the amount of people coming through to the Cook Islands. We certainly need to make sure that there is enough water there both for visitors as well as for locals. People need to conserve water, especially with tourist numbers on the rise. 
Cook Islands Tourism Industry Council President Liana Scott says a drought is not out of the ordinary. I think a couple of months is quite common and that's not to say we'll have no drop of rainfall. We will have some short spell showers but probably not enough to fill up the water mains. Ms Scott says saving water is standard practice for all Rarotonga resort businesses during a dry period. If it gets very bad, unfortunately, it's the higher level um, housing or accommodation that feels it the most uh, due to gravity. (laughs) So the ones on the foreshore um, would be less impacted than the ones in the highland area. Um, You know it's getting bad when you see on Facebook posts about people having to top up their water um, using a truck and that uh, requires funding or funds, so that that becomes an expensive exercise to be topping up regularly. The country's water authority, Tōtato Vai, is pleading with residents to save water. Hotels and accommodation operators have been asked not to fill swimming pools, ponds or use water for any non-essential purposes. Tōtato Vai spokesperson Walter Tuarai White said Rarotonga's natural water sources are low. But uh, currently, um, with this wind uh, and also dry weather, unfortunately, um, our streams up in the intakes uh, are quite low coming into the system, uh, causing a fair bit of low pressure and no water in some places around the island. Um, So to that end, we are urging everyone to please conserve water. More than 13,000 people live on Rarotonga, close to 75% of the Cook Islands population. Everyone is being asked to do their part and conserve water over the forecast drought. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves, hosted from Solomon Islands. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Looking you for next time more.